This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Welcome back to The Other Side. Happy New Year. Frank Morano has a well-deserved day off. I'm Dominic Carter filling in. If you have heard me talk about our next or to our next guest, then you know this. She is the real deal. She speaks from the heart and she in the work on the ground over the years. She's had to bury not one but two sons to gun violence. She is a major community activist based out of New York City and her name is Roe Adams. But let me be very clear. She is also very much about accountability. No excuses. No excuses even from the African-American community. And we say good morning to you, Miss Adams. Uh, How are you? Oh, happy new year. And this is a blessed new year. I am doing great. And you know why I'm great? Because people like you that keeps, America aware of what's going on. And so we are blessed to have you and others to keep us abreast. And that makes us blessed because some people don't have that. Well, you're right. And uh, thank you for that. But but I am much more deeply impressed and honored by what you have done, not over one year, two years, three years, but over decades. Let me ask you this. And in in keeping with the new year, did you have a new year's resolution? Did you break it already? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my new year's resolution is let there be peace on earth. And that's for Mm. real. And Mm. health, health and wealth, Dominique, health, wealth and peace on earth. And let it begin with us. That is my new year resolution. And I woke up this morning and I said to my husband, Happy New Year's, but let there be peace on earth and Mm. let it begin with us. Mm. In a minute, I'm going to play something for you that a New York City uh, major police union official uh, said, and that's the president of the New York City Detectives Endowment Association, Paul DiGiacomo. But before we do that, I do want to ask you this. Uh, Does a mother, does a mother ever get over losing not one son, but two sons to gun violence? You never get over it. You learn how to deal with it. You learn how to survive. And you learn that by going to these support groups and being with others that have had the same uh, uh, a loss and problem and issue dealing with that healing process and dealing with that grieving that's how you survive, but you'll never get over it. And, you know, you have people say to you, oh, you still crying, you still sad, you'll get over it. No, you will not. Well, sometimes people don't know what to say. But, no, you will never get over it. But you will, especially, and what we say to, to them, to the families is, if you have other kids, You have to stay strong, and you have to move forward. And that's how a lot of families survive, because they have other children that they have to live for. And that's how they make it. It, it is it is remarkable what you have done, but 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 in terms of what you just said, uh, staying strong and going forward, you've gone over and above. But I, again, I want you to uh, to to listen to this. Uh, and, and I guess where I'm going with this is account. I'm starting this morning with accountability in the community, right? And I want you, uh, Miss Adams, to listen to this. This is Paul DiGiacomo, the president of the New York City Detectives Endowment Association. This is from an event that I did with major police officials where I was the MC, And this is what he told me. Please listen to this. How do we turn this around? How do we get back to the point where police officers are seen for what they are, absolute American heroes. Well, by doing things like we did today, Back to Blue is a, is a 
is a morale booster for the police department. Uh, but we have to get more people in the community involved in, in policing again. Uh, you got to raise the children in these communities to like the police, not ha hate the police. And uh, that's just a start because every time a New York City cop goes out there, whether it be for a theft of service, a petted larceny, and he or she takes his handcuffs out to handcuff that individual, they're putting their lives on the line. And I just want to put this in perspective. If you, if you look over the years, uh, let's, for instance, in the transit police department, every cop that was killed, just about every cop that was killed in the transit police was killed over a 35 cent fare. Think about that. And they lost their life for a fair beat, right? And, uh, and now um, we're letting fair beats, well, not now in the chief camper, but we were letting people jump to turnstile uh, with no consequences. And uh, all those cops died in vain. Until now, we, we're starting to uh, enforce those laws again. Listen, there are laws on the books, and they have to be followed. If these politicians don't want us to make these arrests, well, take those laws off the books. And so, uh, Ms. Roe Adams, um, you, 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 never, you never pull any punches. And what Mr. Giacomo said stunned me. In these communities, you have to raise the kids to like the police, not hate the police. You say what? I say ditto to him. I agree with some of the things that he said. The only thing that I would say is in order for police to get respect, they're going to have to give respect. But when they give respect, People look at them like they soft. They still get disrespected. And my thing is, we are in need of our police. Let them do their job. Let them do their job. And I heard him say something about elected officials. Well, he's absolutely right. And I was trying to find this, um, uh, uh, um, piece that they came out with, uh, they had to, they come out with, and they approved, they approved it, that the police, like he said, if they put a handcuff on somebody, the community go up and up, but they're the ones who call and say, we need you. So, I mean, you, you, you really, you really are putting your life on the line, and sometimes it's not worth it, but that's their job, so they have to do it. But I know, and I don't know if you know, if you could think about what the city council just passed a bill. And it was about police doing their job, but they have to write up every time. If they come visit you, they have to write it up. If they look at you outside and you stop outside, and, and so I'm just, you know, using a scenario, and you're outside talking to the police, they want them to write it up. Now, who really needs that when, when up the street somebody getting beat up or shot? So that's taking up unnecessary time. So the elected officials do not allow the police sometimes to do their jobs. And that's what needs to stop. And we have elected officials that really turns the community against the police. Now, I, you know, I can name them. I can name them. But, uh, <laughs> They need to stop. If you're elected official, stop turning the community, especially the kids, against the police. Do we have perfect police? No. But do we have some great police? Yes. And the community, if you get in trouble, who you calling? Ghostbusters? No. You're going to call 911. And this is what I tell people. Now, I'm going to give you a good example, Dominique. Uh, um, NYPD came, and I'm sure across the states, across the country, across America, you have police officers that come to the churches, speak to the, uh, the community, to the congregations. They want to stay engaged. They want to meet the people in the they community. Sure they sure they do. really do. And they have to be given a chance. Who could give them a chance? The people in the community. And the elected officials, some of them, they want some votes. So what they do is they hear what the people saying. If the, if if their uh, community is against the police, they go against the police instead of trying to fix it. And that's the truth because they want some votes. I know some elected officials. They scared to do so. 
things uh, 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 to keep order. I'm talking about the elected officials because people vote for them and look up to them because they think they're going to lose the vote because the people are going to be mad at them because they befriend the police. So this is what's going on, and it's true. You have, and I have a problem with that because you have certain elected officials that causes a lot of chaos with the police in the community because at some point they had interaction, a bad interaction with the police due to what they did. And, but that, I mean, that don't warrant uh, turning kids and turning the community against the police. We need the police. So that's what I have to say. So thank you, uh, uh, um, that gentleman that just spoke. Thank you. Paul Giacomo. Union yes. leader, police union leader. That's right, the police union leader. And let me tell you, he's right on. And I feel so sad sometimes for the police, even though I know they, and you know what some of them say to me, Jackie, don't worry, this is our job. This is our job. So we try to do our job. I went down south. Um, we just went down south to graduation for my nephew, South Carolina. And as we was driving through the South, you know, I haven't been to South in 30 years. The, the, the police, we ran into the police, but not for something bad. You know, we were lost. Great direction. Great community service. Great welcoming that we were from New York. So this is all important. It's about the leadership. It's about the leadership that could bring people together police and community explain this to me and we are chatting with jackie Rowe adams a major community leader community activist based out of new york city and tragically she had to bury herself two sons the gun violence we'll get to that in segment number two but explain this to me please i have never understood don't snitch don't cooperate with the uh, police. It is one of the most dysfunctional things I have ever heard in my life, Miss Adams. Well, guess what? You're not the only one, but I've heard it because I hear it all the time. And you know who I hear from? Some people that might hear, me, hear this on the radio might not like what I said, what I'm going to say. But I'm sorry, I have to say it. Sometimes, Dominique, I say, oh, here we go. But you know what? The truth has to come out, and people have to say what it is. You have groups and organizations that's out here getting a lot of money, Dominique, to save our community, and they deal with kids. And do you know some of those groups do not want interaction with the police? And they tell— And this is real talk. This is real talk. I know you know. I know. They tell us kids, the kids, don't don't talk to the police. Don't say nothing to me because they don't want to see the leaders of these or some of the leaders of these don't want to be seen talking to the police because the kids would say they snitch. Well, snitching to me is saving a life. It's not snitching. It's saving a life. Now, it's snitching when I say, Dominique, he, he took my cookie, or he took the cookie. That's snitching. But when you go and take somebody's life, and you see somebody with a knife or a gun, or you heard somebody say they're going to shoot John or shoot Sue, or even their parents, that ain't snitching. That's saving the life. And I talk about that all the time, but it's still real. Again, it don't start with the little kids. It start with the adults. It start with the adults that's telling these teenagers, do not interact too much with the police. But I have to honestly say it's getting better because I think with myself and some others, and they see the police is not just, and this is statewide, this is all over now. The police are really interacting more with the community after a lot of controversy, after things. They're trying to get better. And so now the young people are interacting more, and they're taking away 
uh, 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 the snitching at this, not the snitching attitude. But I say again, it's a lot of groups, and I hope they hear it. Wait a couple on, because they know me. That's getting a lot of money, and I want them to stop turning these young people against the police. I beg them for the new year and every other year to stop turning these kids, young people, teenagers. And let me tell you, these younger kids, 12, 11, 10 years old, 9 years old, oh, oh, I don't want to be with the police. They bad. They might shoot me. Well, they, the police is getting shot. And see, so that's the attitude, and that's instilled in their head. And it's a lot of organiz not a lot. So I'll take that back. But it is organizations that's out there, and if they're still doing it, stop. And that's what I have to say, because a lot of this comes from them. Even though we're shooting and killing each other, they don't see that. They don't fight for that. Black-on-black crime. You got people, Jackie, why do you say black on black crime? Well, what am I supposed to say? Well, somebody tell me what I'm supposed to say hmm. when it's happening every day. Every day for no reason. No reason. Jackie, Jackie, you know, I, I've got to take a break, but you and I both know, right, the topic of, of black on black crime. Mm-hmm. Other communities simply look the other way but we don't want to be honest that we have a major problem yes, within our community with crime. Yes, Why are we in such denial about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a sad story, but if they want to make the world better, they're going to have to change the whole attitude. They're going to have to see what's really happening if they want to stop losing their loved ones. Not only kids, nieces, nephews, cousins, family members, and friends. If you want to stop this violence, this violence, you're going to have to realize and deal with the issue head on, head on, to stop this violence. Don't say, oh, well, that's my neighbor friend, and um, I can't tell on him. That's where that snitching thing comes I can't tell on him because, uh, hello, your neighbor friend and killed somebody, they might come after you. So why you can't tell on them? So these are the things that's happening. That's what we got a lot of work to do. That's all I can Agreed. Say. Agreed. We are talking to a legendary uh, community activist, community leader, based out of Harlem, New York. Her name is Jackie Rowe Adams. She knows what she's talking about. She fights the good fight. She's put in the work. She also lost two sons, not one, but two, to gun violence. We are going to take a break. Dominic Carter in for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Happy New Year's to everyone. When we come back, Ms. Roe Adams will tell her story. And also, I have a question for her, another question. And the question is this. It's put to me all the time. Why do African-Americans keep voting for Democrats when conditions are the way they are so badly in certain cities throughout the country. We will be right back. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This summer, dive into the many cools of San Antonio. Because as soon as the temperature rises, so do the many cool things to do. Come keep cool with amazing pools and the hottest nights at the coolest spots in Texas. Go to visitsanantonio.com slash summer. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 
We are back on the other side of Midnight. Dominic Carter in for Frank Morano. Frank has the morning off. Happy New Year, everyone. And we are chatting with Jackie Rowe Adams, a major community leader based out of New York City. And I, I want to ask now a question of you, Ms. Rowe Adams, a question that's put to me all the time. Why do communities of color continue to vote for Democrats when crime is the way it is, when conditions are the way they are, why not change and at least give a Republican a shot? What do you say to that? Well, first of all, it's been embedded in, in, in the heads of Democrats that you must vote for a Democrat because you're Democratic. Absolutely. Well, it, 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 it's not embedded in my head, okay? What's embedded in my head and instilled in my head the one who do the work that get things done, whether you Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever you are, that's who I support. Because you have some Democrats that I'm sick and tired of, and that's the truth. And uh, do we have some great Democrats? We really do. And I support them wholeheartedly. But I also uh, support some Republicans. Because I look at the person, just like I don't look at the color, I look at the person and what they have done. What have they contributed to their community? What housing that have they made affordable for our communities? What health care have they made affordable for our communities? So some people just lazy and don't want to do the research. Now, that's the truth. they so used to just going to the poll, oh, I'm Democrat, so we vote the whole lot. So education is the key, and I think we have to have more education and let people know you're not doing nothing bad because you like this Republican. You're not. You're not doing nothing bad because you like this Democrat because they've done something. They have done something, and you have seen what they have done. You have seen it. So we have to get education in place with real people and realize that Democrat, Republic, uh, 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 what's the other, independent, it's about the person. Do the work. Put the work in. And that's what I'm about. And I have some other people right now is about that because I want our Democrats to get on the ball because a lot of them are failing us. They really are. And I don't care who don't like it, what I say, because it's truth. They are failing us, and they better get on the ball. They better what? get on the ball. And people, some people are really realizing, and it's something because our young people, I talk to our young people that's turning 18 and everything. I said, don't get into the hype about saying because you're Democrat. You pick your own party, but you're Democrat, but do some research and find out who's doing what. Let, let me done? say this. Let me say this. So every time uh, you come on, we we get a ton of emails uh, where people want to contact you and they want to donate to your organization. So before I say another word, how can people listening from around the country contact you and how can they donate to the organization that you have started for for parents that have lost kids to gun violence? Well, they could contact me uh, through email mothers at harlemmotherssave.org or they could go on the website www.harlemmotherssave.org or they could call 212-234-0112 but I'm glad you asked that question because we really do need we really do need donations we really, I'm going to tell you what has happened, and um, this is real. It's going to be unbelievable to you. But my organization, Harlem Mother Save, is, was not given money from state or whatever, certain people, because they said that Harlem Mother Save, Harlem Mother Save is too into the police. And work with the police too much, and that's why they wow. were given other organ. And this is real now. Wait, you know wait, I'm not wait, wait, say. wait, wait, wait! Please, full stop. You were told by I'm sorry. Entities. I personally, 
was not told, but my the person the who gets our grants, who writes our contracts, was told that, and she told me. So your grants person was told no money for your organization because you support the police and you're too close Absolutely. to the police. Absolutely. But isn't that exactly the goal to be to be close to the police for communities well, of color? They, that's because they hate the police. They don't feel it. No, that's where that snitching or don't snitch come in or don't. Yeah. Yeah. That people are very bad sometimes and people don't look at again. Just like the voting, they don't look at the work you do. They go by, oh well, we don't like the police. So and every time we see her, her organization with the police, absolutely, because we don't do anything without involving the police. Whether it's New York, uh, or Jersey, whether any place we go, we have contact with the police. And that's that is exactly what you're supposed to do. So. Fentanyl, and we are chatting with Jackie Rowe Adams, a major uh, community leader based out of New York. We had on earlier this morning, on the other side of midnight, a a mother who lost her 19-year-old son. And um, it's not an issue for just one community, right? She's from Ardsley, uh, New York, in Westchester County, an affluent community. Her son, Harris, came from an affluent family but they lost him to to drugs. And from your vantage point, what has been or is the impact of fentanyl and drugs? Oh, it's the worst. And that's why I was total against this this new law that you could smoke weed or reefer, whatever it is, uh, uh, in public and out, because you don't know what they're putting in there. And that is the impact. They're using those fentanyl. They're putting these pills in a lot of stuff. They're putting them in your drinks. They're putting them in your cigarettes. They're putting them in the, uh, uh, I call it still old school reefer. And uh, they're putting it. And you know what the effect is? They, they, it reacts on you, and it's making you bug out, make you crazy. And a lot of murders are committed because of that. And then as soon as it happened, they say mental illness. But the drugs made it mental illness. So I am total, total against it, and I am glad that it is people out there fighting it. I'm glad you're talking about it, because we need more people to talk about it and realize this must stop. This must stop. I'm still stuck on what you—I want you to get to your story in a second, but I'm still stuck on what you said a minute ago, that your organization that is out there fighting a good fight— I actually see the work that you do with the kids, unlike many other groups, hint, hint, that get the money and never do the work. Mm-hmm. And your grants person was told, no, you can't get the money because you're Absolutely. too close to the police? Absolutely. Now, truth be told, the only monies that he had to step in, and that was the mayor. He really did. Now he said, Jackie, you've been out here a long time. We giving you money. And that's where it stops. We don't get money from the step. We don't get any private money. Uh, from organizations that's out there, well, wherever they get the money, we don't get that. But we get the city money from the mayor. I have to say that, and we thank him, because we can't operate without money. But we were told, and the police know, the police know, because we told them they couldn't believe it. And then they said, I could believe it, because I am. The organization, everything we do, just like yesterday when we had the rally, with all the ceasefire organizations, nobody, none of them told the police that we were going to be out there at the, uh, um, having a rally. But guess who called the police? Me. And said, that's where we're going to be. I want it secured. I want safe. Safety is the key. And that's what I believe in. Safety is the key. And no, and to this day, all this big money and millions and this and that coming to these organizations that know how to write up these papers and do a good job. So I'm glad that you asked me because we definitely need help. We definitely need help. But we go whether listen whether we have money or not, we gonna keep carrying on. But you need it takes money to do this stuff. It takes money. To that do this that stuff. is that is disgusting. And I, I do want to say this. Um, I'm so happy you recently celebrated your 75th <laughs> birthday. 
and the mayor came and major major dignitaries came mm-hmm. because I, when I think about your story, it, it really does break my heart. And the fact that you're still standing is a miracle. I want you to tell your story of what happened. Two sons, not one, but two. Two sons lost in separate incidents to gun violence. But before I tell my story, I'm sitting here getting kind of emotional because you said about the birthday. And if you would have walked in there, I would have just, that would have made my life. Because you know who really care about Dominic? Dominic Jackie Rowe Adams. I really do. I just needed to say that because you, you, I don't care what sky, where you at or what you're doing, you better call me. I don't care. And I don't care who don't, <laughs> who don't like it because it ain't about that. It's about who look out for you and who take care of you and who respect you and who care well, for you. And that's what I'm the about. The same heat, the same heat that you take for being supportive of the police. Imagine what I get. Uh, uh, on the radio and as as a public figure like yourself. Yes. So I face the same criticism because to me, like you said, the police are all we have. And they do a great, outstanding job every day. And we need to stop this nonsense. But I, I want you to tell your story. So as I sit here and talk to you, 40, it's hard to believe, but 40 Six years ago, mm, how, how many years we, uh, no, 41 years ago, my first son got killed. He was 17 years old. And he went in the bodega on 122nd Street in Harlem and was looking at these fellas. And they said in the store, we should kill that We should for looking at us. This was, if you think about 41 years ago and what's happening now, nothing really changed. It's back. And the store owner ain't paid him no mind. But when my son left that store, they followed him. And they shot him on my mother's stoop. They shot him on my mother's stoop on 122nd Street. And that's where he died. And one of the reasons, too, I really support the police all those years ago when the store owner heard that he ran out and he said, there they go, there they go, the ones that was in the store, and the police got them right away. I had the greatest respect for them then. They caught the shooters. It seemed just like yesterday, just like yesterday. And the holiday is here and families is hurting so bad. I hurt. But this is what keeps me going, knowing that I can't bring back my kids, but I could help another mother, another family from feeling the hurt and pain that I feel. And that's what keeps me going, because I have something to live for. I can make a difference. Sixteen years later, who would think that another one of my sons would get killed? He was 28. A 13-year-old killed my son, and that's why when they talk about Oh, the 13-year-old, they juvenile. We can't put them in the, in, the, in the big prison. Lock them up. Lock. If you take a life like that, I don't have no sympathy because I experienced it. A 13-year-old killed my second son. A 13 and a 17, but they put the gun in the 13-year-old hand to kill my son. So fast-forwarding. I'm still in shock on that second son. You know, I deal every day, but within my soul, I said, I just still can't believe Tyrone is gone. You know, and I deal with it every day. But when I see that we save in lives, Harlem mothers and fathers say we have fathers now, so we say, they say, please, we got to say fathers. Harlem mothers and fathers save is making a difference and helping ease some of the pain and letting them know that they're not alone and, it's, and, and, and people out there to help them, that's what make, helped me get over. I know, never get over, but that's what helped me survive, survive, knowing I could help somebody. I could help somebody with education and prevention. That is so key. 
And, you know, we have, we started off with five mothers. Now we have 50 plus mothers and fathers. And it goes on and on and on. And this is just not, and hard. this is citywide. This is statewide. This is statewide. We go to Albany. We have families out there. We have families in Philly. We have families down south. And you have people from Long Island. They all come to, to, to our support group. So when they hear about the support group, they're here. Because I could tell you, you could say to me, Jackie, I know your pain. No, you do not. Dominique, because you didn't experience it. You don't know my pain. But see, they know that we know their pain. And that's why, that's why they come, because they want to share their pain and hurt. Because see, we have some stories that will say, you know what? I saw my son. Now, I'm telling you a real story. I saw my son. My son used to come in the first one and, and sit down on the side of my bed. And after he got killed, that side of the bed would go down. And this is real. But when you say that to people, they're ready to call a psychiatrist. But people that have experienced it understand what you're talking about because this is real. And for a while, Anthony did that. And I told my mother, and she said, Jackie, just say to him that you're scared because I was scared. And when I said that, I know it sounds crazy, but when I said that, he stopped coming around. Then I said, oh, I don't see Anthony no more. Yeah. So these, this is what we go through as mothers and fathers and families that have taken that loss like that. These are the things we go through. Am I healed? Absolutely not. But we are fortunate to have a doctor that due to bereavement and, and, and grief counseling, Dr. John Palmer, he used to be the director at um, Harlem Hospital. He comes safely to our meetings, and he do one-on-one with them for perpetuity. We don't have money to pay him, so he took that on. Because he, he knows the grief and trauma that we deal with. And you know what? Uh, That's my story. That's some of my Jackie. I, I, I'm completely out of time. Uh, we're talking to Jackie Rowe Adams, a remarkable story, as you just heard, her life, not just a story. This is her life. And um, one more time, please, in wrapping this up, because every single time, the moment you get off the air, I'm deluded in terms of what emails about you from around the country and people asking how can they donate. So one more time, how can they reach you? How can they donate? They could go to our website, www. HarlemMothersSave.org, or and or they could call us two one two two three four zero one one two, or they could send it to our PO box, PO box twenty one ten, New York, New York one zero zero two seven, um, and that's it. And the email is mothers at Harlem Mother Save. We are on. 128th Street, 306A, West 128th Street. But I thank you so much. And I I just want to say, please, elected officials, please support our police. Please support our kids. Organizations, take this real serious. Because we, the community, can stop some of this violence. But we have to pay attention that we are killing each other. Not the police. The police, yes, they have did their share of killing. But let's focus on being outraged when we kill each other. Let's focus on that. And let's support the police and help them do their job. And these elected officials have to stop making it hard for the police to do their job. And it's one elected official that I am really, and you know what, and I want to say it. I I get repercussion, but I don't care because enough is enough. You know who is one of, you might not want to hear it, but you know, I could talk to you. You know who is one of the elected officials that is so negative. If you go high, he go low. You say A, he, he do B. 
Jamani Williams is the most negative and hate and, and, and have a problem with the police, and he's better stop causing confusion. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Jackie, Jackie. You, heard you, what you I know said. what, Jackie? Wait, 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 mm. wait. Time, time out, time out here. You've opened up another whole can of worms. Let me just take a short break. I'm going to come right back with you for just one last quick segment because we need to talk about this because Jamani Williams is a major political figure in New York City. We're talking to Jackie Rowe Adams. I'm going to take a quick break. She's going to hang with us for another two minutes. We will be right back here on the other side of midnight. The other side of midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. And we are back on the other side of Midnight. Frank Morano has the morning off. Dominic Carter filling in. Happy New Year. We asked Miss uh, Jackie Rowe Adams to stay for a couple of more minutes. You just said that the man next in line to become the mayor of New York City, Jamani Williams, the public advocate, that he's one of the most negative you've dealt with? Let me tell you. Jamani Williams, I do not think, will not be mayor. Jamani Williams keep a lot of confusion going. Jamani Williams is turning a lot of our young people, because people follow him, not everybody. Now, I'm not saying he don't do nothing. He do something. But he also contributes, and he is a major figure, and he should be ashamed of himself. Because what he does is turn a lot of the young people against the police. And that's probably because he had interaction, like people have had. But you know what? You said it. He is a figure. And it's people that like him because he keeps controversy going. And I doubt it, very serious, if he's next in line or if he runs for mayor. I'm going to do my best to say absolutely not, okay? And you know what? He never really did nothing to me, and Jamani knows how I feel, and that's the thing. Now, I don't dislike him, but I dislike some of his behavior. And he must stop as a leader turning our kids against our police. And that's what he's doing. I'm out there on the ground. I know a lot of his people that work for him. I like them. Hey, but I have a problem, and somebody got to speak about it publicly and say, Jamani Williams, stop, because you have a child, or you have two, and you don't want one day the police might have to save them. So then he better think about what he's doing. And that's what I have to say. And guess what? I don't take it back. I said it, and it's true. Now, let's deal with the truth. Is he a good man? I'm sure he is a good man, but not good for the people turning them against the police. How you going to be a leader? A great leader is a great leader. A great leader don't turn the kids against the cop and people in negativity all the time. Or everything that, that, that get done in the city, he have a problem if it's positive. Okay? So that's how I feel, and it's real. Have he ever wow. done anything to me? No. And, and, and so nobody can say, oh, just because he ain't get, uh-uh. Can't say that. But I see it, I'd be so mad. I said, stop it, stop it. I'd be saying to myself, stop it, Jamani, stop it. And that's real. Yes, he is a figure, and he needs to take leader and ownership of he being someone that people are looking at as a leader. That's not a leader. That don't constitute a good leader for me. Jackie Rowe Adams, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we're here in 2024. You deserve to have a great year. You have been through a lot. Uh, we're praying for you, and we, we wish we wish the very best for you. Thank you. And thank you, too. Thank you, too. Happy New Year's again. Happy New Year's to everyone. And we're going to have a good year. Jackie Rowe Adams a community leader, Harlem, New York. Dominic Carter in this morning for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight at 51 minutes past the hour. We are taking your calls now up until the top of the hour, 800 848 
848-9222. Of course, Happy New Year. We are now, what, uh, almost three hours into 2024. So good thus far. Let's start with the uh, telephone calls. Denise, line three, Long Island, New York. Good morning, Denise. Happy New Year. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too, which I spoke to earlier this evening. I hope this incredible woman can still hear me. Um, I have been listening to her intently. I am extraordinarily moved by her passion, by her truthfulness. I am in such admiration of not only, uh, first of all, uh, her incredible loss, my deepest sympathies. You never get over something like that. I'm sure you do. Denise, can can you imagine? I mean, she's she's not on the phone line anymore, but I'm sure she's still listening. Can you imagine a scenario like that where you have to bury two different sons, each a victim of gun violence? But you know what? She is such a tribute to her sons. If there was more people like her, there would be hope, Dominic, for people of different backgrounds, let's call it the way it is, of different ethnic groups, of different colors, to come together, to speak to one another, to communicate. This woman has incredible insight. And if there were more people like her, there would be a hope for us to come together as a community once again. One of my closest friends, is black, and I never see her color. She doesn't have a color. She's my friend, and that's all I know her by. And this woman has gone through horrific, horrific pain, and she has stood up not against the police, but encouraging young people to work with the police, for us to come together. Doesn't matter what color you are. It's who you are inside of your heart and your soul. I, I, there are no words to express. My deepest admiration for this woman, I support her cause, and I only wish to God that there were more people like her. There would be hope for this This city, there would be hope for this nation that is so divided. Agreed. I hope she can, I hope she can hear my words. Uh, agreed, Denise. And we, we are a divided nation. And that's why we put her on the air this morning so that, uh, so that people could hear her story and hear what she has to say and hear that not everybody wants to be so divisive with the police. Some of us realize, thank you for the call, Denise. Some of us realize the outstanding job that law enforcement officials do throughout the country. And some of us, many of us, a majority of us, appreciate it. We understand it. We get it. Let's go to New Hampshire. Let's say good morning to Gary. Good morning, Gary. You're on the other side of midnight. Yes, uh, Dominic, uh, great show uh, for what you're doing. What a tribute as a black gentleman that you are, and I am a white gentleman. Uh, what a credit on a New Year's night. I do want to say one thing, okay? I try not to be racist myself, but one thing is this. I wish in high school or even 7th and 8th grade, I wish they had a course on uh, ki- for the kids in some sort of way, and I'll let you take it from there when I uh, hang up with you, is uh, for, for ones who are fatherless, who have to go through life with a grudge on their shoulders and so forth, and I'm sure you agree with me, that's the only problem I have because the behavior after a while, even if it's white kids who don't have a father, it's like it's just so like out of control. I'm sure you know where I'm going. Great job. Well, uh, uh, good work. Thank you, Gary. Of course I know where you're going because I was one of those kids that, uh, that never had a father in my life. And I, I wouldn't say I had a grudge. There were times when when I would get angry, but I said to myself, I'm going to make sure that I make it to defy you, to show you 
my biological father what you lost out on by never uh, being in my life. So I, I understand those kids real well because I was actually one of them uh, without a dad, raised by my grandmother. You are listening to the other side of uh, Midnight. Let's go to Sandra in the great state of New Jersey. Good morning, Sandra. Happy New Year. What's on your mind? Oh, happy new to, happy new year to you. I I'm up late tonight because I got home late. I wanted to tell you, Dominic, two two things. One, the two speakers that you had on tonight or this morning were superb. And I also wanted to say that you had on another woman who I keep thinking about. I think her name was Tammy, who had the uh, mastectomy on both breasts. Yes, T- Tamara okay. Tucci. Tamara, right. So I think about her a lot. And tonight when I was out to dinner with my husband and his colleagues, they're both plastic surgeons. And I I wanted to know what she described is something you don't want to ever go through. She said it loud and clear. It's a horrible, horrible, it's painful. You have these tubes and then the mental, the whole thing is a nightmare. So I wanted to know, so I asked these two people when, First of all, they wouldn't even do it to a kid. That, that was They made that clear to me right away. Never, never would I condone that. But they said the surgery is very similar, but not quite. When you have a mastectomy, they take out much more skin because they have to. When you do this other procedure, it's also very invasive and very painful and all that, but not as bad as the mastectomy because they, they want to leave as much intact as possible but I wanted to learn about that and then and thanks to you you know your your the people that you picked to have on your show open up the eyes a lot well Sandra that that that's the whole point uh, uh, I, I'm not interested as a uh, talk show host I'm not interested in having you say look at me look at how much knowledge I have I'm interested in and telling stories that resonates uh, with people. And uh, for you to say what you just said regarding uh, being out at dinner with the two, uh, I think you said plastic surgeons, uh, one, your husband. um, That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in doing talk radio that counts, that counts, that connects with people. I thank you. I thank you for your call, Sandra. Happy New Year to you. Folks, what's coming up, is we will have an interview where he's on the line right now, Hank Scheinkoff, a political consultant. We will talk Trump, Israel, Harvard, the migrant situation. It's all coming up right here on the other side of midnight. Frank Marano has the morning off. We will be right back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 